You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey there, listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. That's right, and thank you so much for being here. We got a great one for you this week. I have to say, we really, really do. You know, I say it every week, but this one is really spectacular. It's action-packed, and we are stuffed here at the station to the gills this week. We are going to be talking all about our favorite movie soundtracks. That's right. Not only do we have the regular movie crew here, but we also have our music crew here, too. It's a meeting of both worlds. Worlds will live. Worlds will die. It'll be awesome. You know, they'll be fighting to the death. It should be a lot of fun. And speaking of fighting to the death, actually, it should be the fighting to birth. This is someone's birthday on this show. Let's welcome Mr. Mike Gordon. Howdy. Yay. <laughs> How are you this week, my friend? I am I am surviving yet another year around uh around the the sun. That is good, you know, and you know, there's much rejoicing to some people in the world and hopefully your birthday is another reason just to celebrate, which is very nice to do. Well, you know, and it's great that we can do this. Uh it happens that it's this is tonight because this is a gathering of uh, you know, about about the biggest gathering I think I've had uh all all year. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. You know, it's almost bigger than some of the crowds we had at Dragon Con for some of the recordings we did this year. So it's pretty darn awesome. And, you know, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Do you want to lay the ground rules here to get started with the, you know, what no, we're we'll doing? just talk about it when we get uh, we get there because we'll, let's okay. get let's let's give our sponsors some love. Okay, we'll give our sponsors some love. We're sponsored tonight by the fine folks at Tofosi Optical. That's right, folks. Tofosi Optical brings you some really cool sunglasses, brand new styles, too. They also have sporting glasses. They have gamer glasses. They've got safety glasses now. And all you have to do is go to TofosiOptics.com. You could really get some really great stuff up there. And as a little bit of a bonus, if you put an ESO network in the coupon code, you get 10% off your order. That's pretty darn awesome. So definitely check out Tofosi Optics. Also, let us say howdy to all our patrons out there. Howdy, patrons. How are howdy. you this week? We want a big thank you and thanks for supporting us. We've had some great, you know, participation in our Patreon group. Of course, you know, for as little as 25 cents a week, you could help support the ESO network. And you get all kinds of really cool stuff like early access to shows like this. Also, Earth Station Who and the Dragon Con Report. And you also get exclusive material like the ESO Board Silly Podcast and a couple others that are headed your way. And you also get exclusive material from other shows on the ESO Network. That's pretty awesome, I think. And all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash ESO Network. And that helps support the station. Help us, please. We're not too proud to beg. It's pretty awesome. So it should be really interesting to talk about this week with, you know, all the people who got involved. We actually sent it out to our Facebook group for the our favorite music soundtracks and everything. So you could be involved too. All you need to write us is at feedback at earthstation1.com. 
pretty awesome that you could we could hear from you. We definitely would love to hear from you. So I'm excited to talk about this. So I don't want to deal with the opening stuff anymore. Let's just throw the rest out the window. You know how to find us up on you know Stitcher Radio, Spotify. You could even tell, hey, Alexa, play the Earth Station One podcast on Amazon Music. Thank you. So let's get started with this week's category. Mr. Mike, what do we got? Well, of course, you know, uh, since it's, uh, you know, when we've tried to figure out what, what episode I wanted to do for my birthday week, uh, I can't think of any better way to uh, spend it than talking about movies and music, two things I absolutely love, and with people I absolutely love as well. We've got our movie crew with us. Ashley and Alex are here. How are you? Hello. Howdy. And, uh, and we've got our music crew with us as well. We've got Ricky and Bambi here. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> and we've got Michelle. Hi there. And uh, truth be told, it was Michelle's idea. This was Michelle's idea when we were trying to rack our brain for the next thing we should do for music. Um, uh, she came up with this one, and I think it's absolutely amazing. So, um, um, yeah. So in order to help us focus a little bit, we decided to um, lay out some ground rules, just guidelines, really. Um, and... This list that we made, uh, we're going to um, uh, we're going to try to get through as many as we can. But uh, in order to help us focus, we've, we're eliminating from our lists any scores, any instrumental scores, as well as musicals, movie musicals, uh, so that uh, we just really want to focus on either music that was uh, written originally for like original music for movies, uh, actual songs, uh, iconic that became iconic, or uh existing songs that are because they're used in a particular movie they become iconic so um and this could be an example of a particular song or an entire soundtrack so um uh so without further ado we're gonna we're gonna get through our lists and just to mix things up a little bit i'm gonna go first (laughs) so (laughs) wow someone taking advantage um, of that birthday rule jeez that's yes, I am. Um, so I never get to go first. So, uh, so uh, my first pick, uh, this was a no brainer for me. When I think of movie soundtracks, there's one soundtrack that I've played, played, not only as a soundtrack, have I played more than any other soundtrack that I can think of, but this album, I've probably played more than any other album that I own. And that is the soundtrack to Purple Rain. Okay. Oh, yeah. choice. I was very, very appropriate for the fair, first one. A musical? I, I, I was a. Uh, yeah. You know what? It, it's, 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 a, it's that fine yeah. line, right? It's like a, it's a, it's a, it's like a concert movie. It's a music video. Oh, it's a musical. Okay. It's a biopic. It's, it's, it's this weird amalgamation of things. Um, but ultimately, you know, these are tracks that are written for them, and they're not like they don't actually break the rules of a movie where it's a burst in the song suddenly, you know, like, um, so, um, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm laying with it. Uh, I'm sticking with it. And uh, like I said, this is, I was a Prince fan before this movie came out. Um, and uh, I was so sure that I was going to like this soundtrack that I remember purchasing it. I can, I look, as I'm getting older, I, there's a lot of things I can't remember. <laughs> a lot of things I can't remember. But I, I will always remember, I think, uh, going to uh, the local strawberries in the mall, in Lemonster Mall, and, and buying the, the cassette of Purple Rain and having that with me 
when I went across the way into the movie theater to see Purple Rain for the first time. And uh, and then since then, I've been playing the soundtrack. I wore that cassette out. Um, uh, I have played it, you know, I have bought it in various forms over the years. Um, but the, the, the core of that soundtrack, it's just... It's just amazing. It's by and, and it is of course Prince and the Revolution. So and as you know, as, as talented as Prince is, we have to acknowledge that uh, the rest of the Revolution, particularly Wendy and Lisa, added a lot to the the construction of those songs. But um, I, yeah, I can't think of any any other album that I would pick um, before this one. So um, obviously, awesome. I was going to say obviously you guys have yeah. heard of it. <laughs> I, I had it on my yeah. short list. Yeah. yeah. It was on my honorable mention, so yes, it was there. Because you also have, you know, you have the time. You also have jungle, yes. amazing yeah, stuff yeah. on there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we, oh, we. It's not a movie yeah. Ashley's yeah. seen. And then, um, <laughs> really, I don't think, I, I don't think wow. I've seen it. Really, yeah. um, we were. Uh, my, my wife had never seen the movie, and we were watching it, and we had that wonderful moment at the end. Uh, in which Purple Rain is actually played. Um, and Prince mm-hmm. goes on stage and says, I'd like to dedicate this song to my father. And my wife, my, my beautiful wife, who knows all music, looks at me and goes, I never meant to be your weekend lover? <laughs> Dad. You know, and it's just like, oh, yeah. Yeah, somebody might have wanted to rethink that one. But uh, I, I, it's an awesome choice. I mean, you... I honestly can't think of a better uh, one to be the first one mentioned on here, man. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so, uh, so yeah, I've thrown down the gauntlet. Um, we'll, we'll next go with Ashley. All right. Well, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 is my favorite Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. And a huge reason for that is the soundtrack. I mean, every song on that soundtrack is golden. It's one of those where I just like to put it in the CD player as I'm driving my car and just jam as I'm going. But if I had to pick one favorite song from that track, I really like the opening song, which is Come and Get Your Love by Redbone. It's just such a great Mm -hmm. intro to the film, I think, because it kind of starts off, the film seems like it could be a little more serious. You got Peter Quill going through the ruins. Like this is going to be some sort of space Indiana Jones adventure. And then he pulls out a cassette player of all things and then starts just jamming to the song you totally don't expect it but it's such a fun moment and it totally sets the tone for the rest of the movie and I think they did a great job using popular music in like a sci-fi superhero film could have easily come across as being cheesy but I think because the mixtape is something that was made for Peter Quill by his mother it instantly makes it more impactful and emotional and that cassette tape really kind of takes on a character of its own. So that's probably my favorite movie soundtrack. Aside. I agree completely. That one's all that's on my list. I had that and volume two. Yes. All to both together, you know, and it is, it is just awesome. And I love how they made fun of it in the Avengers end game. Yes. And it, when he was dancing and it says, really? He's, is that such a dork? And it's like, <laughs> it's they couldn't hear it's like yep, yep, that too. Yep. <laughs> of course not. And the music really is a character. And of course, like my favorite movie score writer is John Williams. But in terms of like movie songs, Guardians is top for me. 
That well, is my awesome. question for all of you guys is how many of you were familiar with 10 CC before that soundtrack? Yeah. Oh, oh God, um, all the time. Yeah. Right. Yes. The lead singer for that also did a, a whole other album. That I just watched a video thing on. And for the life of me, I can't remember what movie it is now. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Animal Olympics. Oh, yeah. Because we used to sing. Yeah. We used to sing, uh, you know, Things We Do for Love from 10 CC all the time when I was a kid. Because my parents were hippies. And my. 10CC was actually on my dad's record label because he used to work for Buddha, Buddha Music. Oh, wow. Yeah. Ashley, so. were you familiar with 10CC? I was not. <laughs> <laughs> were you familiar with David Bowie? No, just kidding. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I have heard of David have Bowie. Have you seen <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy? <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> yes, the, I have, the, actually. <laughs> Jackson Fish. 5. Yep, uh, yes. You know, like, yeah, sorry. Electric Light uh, Orchestra, you know. Now that I think about it, though, um, from my understanding, wasn't 10CC more popular up north? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, they were. It could be a regional thing. So they're like the driving and crying? Yes. Kind of sort. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They were the Mississippi all-stars of the north. Yeah, that's it. There you go. All right, uh, Bambi. Let's uh, let's hear your first pick. Okay. Well, okay. Since you picked Purple Rain, and that's kind of questionable, and I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm just, well, you know, I'm not talking about like being. It's a good soundtrack, but you're saying is it a musical? It kind of walks the line. How about Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band or the mm. movie, the soundtrack? Sorry, I'm jittery. Ooh, that's a musical. That one, though. No, it's a musical. That, that also, is the movie's musical. awful. In yeah. fair, fairness, I've actually never seen it. I just owned the soundtrack when I was a kid. The movie's <laughs> awful. No, because so. that, that, you know, because literally, because that's, that's actually a great question, though, because, you know, because it is a musical, because that's also why I didn't put Yellow Submarine mm-hmm. on my list. That's also why I didn't put Hard Day's Night or Help, because they're basically musicals. Well, and so, yes and no. I mean, I, I there's disagree. a difference between like a like a concert film and uh, like I don't know. Hard Day's Night would be I don't know. Like I said, these are loose guidelines, so I, I don't really I'm not really strict about it. But um, I know that Michelle and I talked about Sergeant Pepper's and and putting well, that on. If there, I have so. to nix that one, then then Forrest Gump. That's a soundtrack. Oh, totally. That is an amazing two two disc soundtrack, yeah. actually. Mm-hmm. It is awesome. That was on my honorable um, mention. Not on my list simply because one of the more crucial songs from the soundtrack, not on the soundtrack. Freebird is not on there. <gasps> I mean, you know, from a simple basis of she wants to fly like a bird. Um, I It surprised me to find out that wasn't on there. Hmm. Good choice, though. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing soundtrack overall. That's a no, it is an amazing soundtrack, Credence, and, you know, there's so many, and they took it through mm. the different eras, all the way th- from the early, what, the early 60s, all the way into almost the early 80s, which is pretty awesome. Lots of good songs That's on a good that one. one. Oh, it is awesome. That is a great choice, Bambi. Yes, great choice. Um, Alex? I am jumping right out of the gate with one of my all-time favorite soundtracks, and it's for a movie that I'm not sure ever was released in theaters. And I'm going with Empire Records. Empire Records was released in theaters. Didn't didn't we see that? 
Uh, I think so. Yeah, I don't it didn't didn't get released anywhere near me. I didn't see it until it was on video. <laughs> um, but for it, it came out at a time when I was working in a video store. Oh wow! And yeah, yeah. So um, music music stays with you from your twenties, and Empire Records was right smack dab in the middle of that. And I just connected with that album, um, played it all the time. Uh, and, and honestly, I couldn't pick a single song off of there that I would say is better than anything else. Um, it's for me, it's, it's not on the level of a purple rain. I get that. Um, it's kind of hard to beat that one, but there are albums that when you first hear them connect with you. And for me, Empire Records is that. Nice. Nice. Um, I, you know what, to be honest with you, I like the movie, but I don't really, I'm not as familiar with that soundtrack. So um, is it, is it uh, like a time, a certain time period? Is it like it's a 90s? Definitely, it's definitely early 90s, um, post-grunge. Um, Plowed is in the movie, but not on the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, there's just some really good. Uh, Never met a girl like you before. Okay. Yeah. Uh, on there, and I, I kind of wish that someone would release uh, a copy that's got uh, "Say No More, Mona More" uh, on there um, from Rex Manning. Uh, but uh, haven't found one yet. That was the, I believe that was the summer, or that was around the same time. Like two movies came out with people working in like you know, record stores, right? And, it was a uh, popular time period for that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Because, um, yeah, High Fidelity was right around the yeah. same time. You had High say, Fidelity. And, and you one had... was like, yeah, one was like really like big and the other one mm-hmm. was kind of under. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you look at the under cast under. of Empire Records and suddenly you go, oh, wow, okay. Um, there was an elf woman and, uh, no, because <laughs> uh, no, you had Liv Tyler, you had Renee Zellweger, Robin Tooney. Um, yes. Uh, so, I mean, a great cast, and, and but the soundtrack I honestly believe stronger than the movie. Interesting. Oh yeah, cool. totally agree with that. Yeah, very cool. Uh, Ricky, Spinal Tap. Oh, oh yeah, oh. on my list. That was on my list. Oh, it wasn't on mine. Awesome. Yeah, that's Big a- Bottoms. That is Stonehenge. <laughs> There's just so many great songs on that disc. That is just, and that's was that's basically you know what introduced the world to uh, Christopher Guest and, you know, Michael McKeon and Harry Shear, you know, all together on, yeah. you know, doing the mockumentary for Rob Reiner. It was awesome. Was All the Way Home on the original soundtrack or was that like part two? That was on the original um, and it was the, the, the audio uh, demo. Yeah. Uh, the I last one. Yes. So much. And I, you know, I heard it on the soundtrack. I don't remember it actually in the movie. Actually, yes, I do. Yes, I yeah, do. it is because they yeah. they sing it in uh, right. in front of the castle. Yep. Yeah. Also, yeah, give me snippet of it. Give me more money. It was awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, it's, it's a it's an amazing <laughs> soundtrack. Yeah. Well, the the thing about that soundtrack, I mean, obviously, the movie is about musicians, so you have to have a soundtrack. You know, you have to have great songs for the movie to be as good as it can be. You you can't just phone that in. You've really got to have good songs and they nailed it. I mean, you can listen to those songs on their own and there's so many great songs on there 
And what's really funny is for years, I have often sound checked with songs off of that movie. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, I'm actually ashamed that I didn't even, that spinal tap should yeah, have it's, been. It's <laughs> not on my list, and it absolutely should be. Oh. And it is uh, one of the, I can think of a couple of examples, but it's rare that, you know, this, this band is created for a movie and then the band kind of becomes a band or like a real band afterwards. Oh yeah. They toured in 91 and I really wish I had seen them. They played at the Roxy in Atlanta. Would have loved to have seen that. Their opening act was the Folksman, which was also them. (laughs) Well, we, we, we actually, we actually got to see them when they did the acoustic tour at the Fox theater. We were, we were in the third row for that performance and it was awesome because they did both mighty wind stuff and um, spinal tap stuff. Cool. Now, did any of you guys see return of spinal tap? Yes. Yes. Don't think I've seen that one. It, it feels like it was a direct to video thing. It probably was. Yeah. But it was, it was to promote, it was to promote the uh, break like the wind album. Yeah, yes. yeah. There, there was enough uh, like interview scenes for it to to feel not like you were just watching a concert. Mm-hmm. No, totally understand that. That's awesome. Well, that actually gets into my next soundtrack. Can I go, Mikey? You can go. All right, mine actually is a mighty wind. Oh, oh nice. that, is a, that is a nice tie-in. That's a great. Yeah, well, album. that that's the reason I wanted to do it. Um, <laughs> And because my first one was A Mighty Wind, and it's such a great homage to folk music. And you have the, you have the three principal players from Spinal Tap playing the folksman in this. But then you also have Eugene Levy uh, and uh, as Mitch and Mickey, you also because you had Catherine O'Hara with him. And you also had the new city, what was it? The, the new Main Street Players. New Main Street Players, that's right. And it was it was just great, and you had some amazing people as you know side actors in it, and one of Fred Willard's most memorable roles in it. So, and it's just it's just awesome, and it is cool. And the actually the song that Judy and I danced to at our wedding, our first dance was when you're next was when you're next to me. Nice by Mitch and Mickey. Nice. It's better than the ballad of. Uh... Oh, it's Billy Joel, whatever. Billy Joel. <laughs> yeah, which is the Civil War song. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's like I didn't. We didn't like a kiss at the end of the rainbow either. So it was just like, oh and, wow, which is you know, it's it's good. But when you're next to me, it was a little more appropriate. So the the band leader who actually that we had learned how to play it on acoustically, oh. and so he played for Judy and I and everything. It was just it was awesome. And, you know, and, and we got William into it. And, you know, anytime we saw Joe's restaurant, it was like, Dad, it's old Joe's place. <laughs> and so it, it's it's awesome. And one of the best quotes I ever heard about this, they have the folksman on the soundtrack playing Start Me Up by the Rolling Stones. And uh, basically, uh, one of the folksmen, um, I think it was Harry Shearer's son, um, went to his dad during the Super Bowl and when the Rolling Stones were playing it and said, Dad, the Rolling Stones are playing a folksman song. <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty awesome. It is a As great soundtrack. Bambi went to me at a Rush show, by the way. 
I mean, not that Rush was playing a song by the Folksman. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, that they were playing a, uh, you One know. Of the songs that what? I had written. Oh, of course. Yeah. That is awesome. Before, before that, I didn't listen. Yeah. Wow. The, the, the thing that's incredible to me is that, like Ricky pointed out with Spinal Tap, it's difficult, a challenge enough to, if you're going to, you know, make a movie about a specific uh, type of music, a band, to make that sound legitimate, right? So that it's then, and with Spinal Tap, it's not only satire, but it's it's legitimate, like rock. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, and, and then and they the- turn around and do it again for folk. It's like it's the same people doing like this, like a different genre entirely. And it's like, wow, that that is very impressive. And everyone had to learn how to play their own instruments on it, which is oh, wow. really even. So even the new Main Street singers. Most of them were not musicians. They had to learn how to play. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Finally, for this uh, first round, Michelle, since you 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 get the last honor since you picked the category. Oh, okay. Um, gonna go with a little favorite from my record store days in the mid '80s. Um, kind of a cult classic. Um, introduced the world to. Uh, an actor by the name of Kiefer Sutherland. Um, uh, the Lost Boys. Wow. And, uh, that was mine. <laughs> Your uh, choice. Good. We lots, just talked about that a couple weeks ago. <laughs> um, lots, uh, lots of fun 80s songs, really energetic. We played this soundtrack to death at Turtles on Buford Highway in Atlanta. I mean, just played it to death. And wait, 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 wait. The, the turtles on Buford Highway. Yes. The steak and shake, rattle and roll. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was my store, Turtles number three. That's amazing. <laughs> I stood for six and a half hours outside in line for uh, Rolling Stones tickets there. My only time standing in line for a concert. That's very I, cool. And I, an amazing I, soundtrack choice. I probably passed you on my on my way out. Um and the, the the two standout songs I think on this are the uh, Echo and the Bunnyman cover of The Doors. People are strange. Mm-hmm. The whole yeah. movie used the music very well, integrated all the the music in there really well. But that Cry Little Sister. Yep. Yes. Oh yeah. Nope. The guy. I think the guy's name is Gerard McMahon. There's the trivia question of the year for you. Let's bring that on Who, people. Who yeah, did that exactly. song? Exactly. It's, it's 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 an earworm. I have now put it in your head. You're welcome. Um, but yeah, but you also had in excess and Jimmy Barnes doing yes. a good time. Yeah. Which was amazing. Yeah. Good, good stuff from top to bottom, but that, uh, cry little sister was just an in- inspired, what is it? inspired the, uh, theme song. Tim Capello. I think that's his name. That's the sax guy, isn't it? Yes. The mm-hmm. sax guy. Yes. The I sexy, still believe... He is the true sexy sex man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, yeah. We just uh, a few weeks ago during our one of our Halloween episodes, we talked yeah. about Lost Boys, and uh, I think when you know, due to uh, you know things being what they are, we did a lot of classic movies, uh, reviewed a lot of classic movies this summer, and in doing so, how many of them had like really awesome soundtracks? Like almost all of them, I think. Uh, <laughs> so the soundtrack makes the movie in a lot of ways. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, it does. Um, oh, all the way. Yeah, and it and that's a case where, you know, that the music is used very well through the movie. I and mean, I think that we talked about it that that Cry Little Sister was written for them specifically for yeah. the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 
Very awesome. Very awesome. Well, we made it through the first round. No repeats. Well, kind of. We did overlap a little bit. But um, yeah. But, uh, and we had some rule breakers, but um, we're going to get into our rhythm now with the second round. And uh, uh, Alex, we're going to start with you. Oh, cool. Um, well, mm, um, yeah. Uh, Pulp Fiction. Uh, oh, my on my, you can almost do any Quentin Tarantino movie, though. Pretty just much. about, but I think Pulp yeah. really um, drove home again. Much like with James Gunn and Guardians, uh, you can really feel like Tarantino picked the songs that he wanted and built the movie around them. Um, oh God, yeah, and I, it's I great how he he ties his 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 text and his audio from his movies into the soundtrack and everything yeah, yeah. um i love this one i thought it was uh just a fantastic soundtrack and it's one that just continues to get better mm-hmm. um i think i saw the movie probably you know two dozen times after leaving the video store on a friday just night. two dozen yeah, yeah. oh was um, that in one in one night no. yeah basically <laughs> Um, but, but that soundtrack, it's still getting played in my car. Oh yeah. It's, it's on rotation and it's, and it's wonderful because, you know, literally from pumpkin and honey bunny right at the very beginning and all the way, you know, everyone freezes as a robber, you know, and then going right into Dick Dale, it's just like, yeah, Yeah. it is just Mm. awesome. And the guitar that uh, Dick Dale did that on is actually on display at the Hard Rock Hotel in Orlando. Wow. Wow. Yeah. There's your useless fact for the day. I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> know who's saying cry little sister, but it's there. <laughs> uh, I think, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if Tarantino comes up m- multiple times. There are some filmmakers that that is one particular skill that they have is their soundtracks. Um, and he's, I don't know if he's at the, if he's at the tippy top, but he's right there in the discussion. Uh, we'll probably talk about some others as as the day goes on. I think Ashley, as you mentioned, James Gunn is another one who is really good at using soundtracks and using existing music to fill in and set moods for for certain scenes, and so much so that they become iconic with those scenes. Yeah. Uh, so um, excellent choice, excellent. Uh, we'll go with uh, Ricky next. Okay, uh, the next one is a pair of songs from a movie and the, the movie is kick-ass. Oh yeah. And the two songs are uh, during the fight scenes. They do the banana splits theme song during one of the fight scenes. I think it's the Dickies. And that was just, I, I loved that so much. And I want to say, was it Joan Jett's bad reputation Mm -hmm. was the other one. Yeah. I just thought, such a great choice and something so different than what you would usually get from a fight scene. But uh, I loved that. I loved the the movie and those two songs were just really well-placed, especially the Banana Splits theme song. Mm. I'm sure it was a better use than the actual Banana Splits movie that came out a couple years ago. Earlier <laughs> <laughs> this year, yeah. Or was it this year? I don't know. Yeah, it felt like... Yeah. I felt like it's been five years. Uh, well, been, in yeah, other words, earlier this year. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, well, very cool. I am not, I've seen the movie, but I, you know what, to be honest with you, I'm not as familiar with that. I don't even, 
kind of remember that. So, well, it's, it's interesting because Bad Reputation has been in so many different movies yeah. on the soundtracks and everything. And yeah. Joan Jett's not complaining about one of them being there. No, <laughs> no, no. I think uh, I think the only other song that she's part of that's uh, in more soundtracks is Cherry Bomb. Yeah. I don't know. I think Bad Reputation may have beat Cherry Bomb. It could be at this point. Mm-hmm. It could be. I, uh, yeah, I guess we'll have to, I don't know. I don't know if there's, there's somebody who must keep track of certain things like that. Right. Maybe it's just cause I keep watching freaks and geeks and it's the opening <laughs> song for that. <laughs> it's also, uh, isn't that also, uh, Rhonda Rowdy, Rhonda Rousey's theme song. Rhonda Rousey's theme song. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Exactly. I don't know if she falls under freak or geek, but <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want to ask her that, one in yeah. case she watches no. or a little bit of column a, a little bit of column B. Right. So, um, all right, Mike, what's your next pick? Oh, my next one actually goes back to 1992. So way before Ashley, and we're going to be talking Ashley. about, we're going to be talking about the soundtrack to singles. Ah, that was one yeah. of further down my list, but on my list, yeah. on my list as well. Yep, on singles, my list too. Singles was my first year in Seattle soundtrack because I had just moved there and the movie had come out, and it is just awesome because it it introduces the world to Alice in Chains, Pearl Jam, Chris Cornell, the Lovemongers, Mother Love Bone, Soundgarden. In mud honey, it's just yeah. it's just amazing. And then you had Paul Westerberg on top of it. It's just it's just awesome, you know. And the uh, the what could arguably be the beginning of grunge in pop culture, uh, mud honey's "Touch Me I'm Sick" was parodied with the song "Touch Me I'm Dick" by <laughs> the band Citizen Dick in that movie. That's true. That is very very true. So yeah, and it it wasn't a great movie, but it wasn't a bad movie. But the soundtrack was is what made it mostly. Yeah, yeah. And it it was just awesome. And you know, and it's literally it captured the feel of going to the big warehouses down in South Seattle and seeing bands like Alice in Chains and Pearl Jam and Soundgarden before they were big and everything. You know, they were trying. They yeah of course Mother Love Bone you but you got this is when they were just introducing Eddie Vedder to Pearl to, as Pearl Jam's lead singer and it was it was just awesome. Dyslexic Heart got a lot of airplay on my radio show when I was yeah. in college. Oh yeah, nearly lost you by the Screaming Trees. It's there's just amazing stuff on this. I think it's the only soundtrack that I've certainly that I've listened to the most. Um, because I did listen to it over and over and over again um, when, um, in the late nineties or whatever. And uh, I never saw the movie, never saw the ah. movie, but, um, but I played that soundtrack over and over and over again. Yeah. I've only seen this. I've only seen bits and pieces of the movie myself. So it's, it's funny. Cause when people came to visit me in Seattle, can we go by the singles apartment complex, you know? And so it's like, and it's so small compared to what it looked like in the movie. So it's pretty funny. Okay, next up, uh, let's go with Michelle's second pick. Uh, 1978, a very uh, actually forgettable uh, film. Not much to it. It was in, uh, I think the biggest name in it was Eileen Brennan. It was called FM. And, oh, uh, yes. Steely yeah. Dan. Yep. Another another soundtrack 
very uh very good snapshot of an era this is 70s music it was a double album soundtrack uh big gate days of vinyl uh gatefold cover um anybody who was big in the 70s was on here linda ronstadt queen billy joel boston dan fogelberg if you wanted to make a 70s playlist you could just grab the fm soundtrack and it spawned uh the the title track another earworm uh steely dan's fm mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no static at all nice yep. hmm. wow yeah i i to be honest with you i'm not a, i'm not i've heard of the movie but I'm not familiar with it. This is news to me. Saw it on, <laughs> on HBO years ago. Yeah. You saw it in the theater. I did. Wow. Nice. Cool. Good All one. right. Next pick, Ashley. Right. Well, I felt like it wouldn't be appropriate to talk about movie music without mentioning some of the iconic Bond theme songs. Mm. Oh yes. yes. It's hard to pick, but um the one I wanted to call out tonight is the theme for Casino Royale sung by Chris Cornell. And the reason I like that one so much is Daniel Craig is kind of my bond. He's my favorite. And Casino Royale is actually my favorite Bond film. And what I love about this theme song is that it's cool. It sounds a little bit more modern and edgy, but still has that classic Bond feeling. Like when you listen to it you get an instant idea of kind of who Daniel Craig's Bond is going to be. And I also love the graphics that go along with this opening sequence, how they bring in the ideas of playing cards and the casino theme. So I think it's just a great opening to the film and really helps sets the stage for what you're going to be seeing in the rest of the movie. Absolutely. We did a a show on Bond music uh, not too long ago, right, Mike? It was this year? Yeah, it was um, yeah, we, like yeah, because we did that instead like about of a, being about able... a month ago. Yeah, yeah so <laughs> it's been that kind of year. Um, but it's his uh, birthday, don't push him. But no, um, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm being. I'm actually being nice to him. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, yeah, it. When I'm thinking of soundtracks, I think of James Bond movies as well, and I don't know if there's any other franchise that consistently introduces more hit songs or more iconic songs than more Oscar-winning songs. Yeah. Yeah. And, than, than the James Bond franchise. Yeah. What's funny oh, God, is yeah. that a lot of times I'm more excited to find out who is going to be singing the Bond song than like what the title is or what the plot's going to be. I'm always like, okay, who's <laughs> going to be singing the opening <laughs> intro song? Yeah, yeah. You get uh, you get iconic uh, uh, releases like I mean even even the most recently Spectre and uh, of course the Spy Who Loved Me. Um, Goldfinger's probably the most famous, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, that or a view to a kill from Duran Duran, or um, or Live and Let Die. Yes, that's pretty. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's yeah. a pretty yeah. solid that's choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shirley Bassey doing go- Goldfinger. You know, yeah. You know, view to a kill. You know, Live and Let Die is that guy from who used to be what the Beatles guy. Yeah, Rito but I think Star? I think I think to Alex's point. Um, and we don't need to get to in this because we just talked about it apparently a month ago. Um, but uh, um, Vito Kill, I think, was the you know, the first time that there was a, that they the Bond franchise produced a number one hit. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it was just hard to believe because you look at you listen to all these iconic songs and you're like, wow. But yeah, when you if you get a collection, and I do have a playlist of you know James Bond songs, opening James Bond songs, and it's a great soundtrack that in and of itself makes an amazing soundtrack. Yeah, awesome a, choice, Ashley. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, uh, okay, next, uh, I think the last one for round two is Bambi. 
How about that thing you do? On my list, that is awesome. <laughs> not familiar with it. No. Yeah, I was like, what's funny yeah. is like, uh, I actually that, looked that, it up while we were talking because I was like, you know what? I actually don't know who wrote that song. It actually Tom turns Hanks. out to be the bass player for the band Fountains of Wayne. Fountains of Wayne, yes. Yes. Yeah, yep. he did backing vocals on it too. Yep. It's pretty awesome. Is it, he's the one who just passed away, wasn't it? Oh, I don't know. I actually don't know. Yeah, he was the guy who pa- just passed away from COVID. Um, but yeah, it's it's a great, great soundtrack. And if if you hear that song one more time during that movie, you're just going to scream. <laughs> that is why. That is why they were brilliantly put right smack dab in the middle. Um, Come on and dance with me tonight. Uh, yeah, which is actually sung in the movie by Steve Zahn. And uh, I, I think that was just a brilliant addition because it's like a nice little palate cleanser before you wind up having to hear the song again. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, that, that album is great. And Tom Hanks even put together a record label so they could release it under the Playtone uh, Galaxy. Oh, that's so uh, cool. So the CD it's... is actually listed as being a Playtone release. I think it's so cool that all of the actors learned how to play yeah. and went on a tour in Japan before they shot the movie so that they could get experience to see what it was like to, to tour. I just love the fact that the bass player's name was TV player. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we don't it's even awesome. care about giving him a name. No, nope. oh. exactly. Which was awesome. awesome. Well, um, I've got a little leg on my face here because uh, I'm not familiar with the soundtrack in the movie at all. Sorry. I know. What? You, you've pretty much got those two songs. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. you had that um, opening one that sounded like, you know, like the Letterman or something. Love you lots and lots. Mr. Downtown? That yeah, was I was going to say that. Wow. Yeah. Mr. Downtown is awesome. Yeah. Hmm. I'll have to check that out. I'm not, uh, yeah. Uh, is that... Is that the movie? Is that Tom Hanks in that? Yes. yes. Okay. All right. It's Tom Hanks' directorial debut. Oh, wow. Uh, and also the first film of Tom Everett Scott, who plays uh, the, the drummer and is the main character of the film, also features an elven princess. And he was also in singles. Yes, she was. No. No, the, the uh, bass player was in singles. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. Ethan Embry. I know. Well, cool. Well, I also made a mistake, too, in the fact that uh, this is we're not quite out of the second round because I have not gotten my second round pick yet. <laughs> Man, we almost got through it. I know. Damn right? it. <laughs> wow. So uh, so my second uh, pick, uh, this is a, a soundtrack. Well, this is another one of this. It's going to it. It's almost like a twofer. Um The album that Queen put out in the 80s uh, called Kind of Magic. Uh, features most of the music that they supplied for the movie Highlander. The one exception is the first song, which is One Vision, which was used in the movie Iron Eagle. So there's two soundtracks really here. Um, and this this album I played, this is one of my favorite Queen albums. Uh, uh, a Kind of Magic is a great song. And uh, the, the tracks, all the tracks that they did that are very Highlander specific. I mean, the band screened the movie and then all went to work on on producing songs for the soundtrack each one of the band members i think did two songs right two or three songs wrote two Mm -hmm. or three songs for the soundtrack and they're all amazing 
um, Princess of the Universe so good that it's actually was the theme song for the Highlander TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, Who Wants to Live Forever is one of the best Queen ballads, I think. Oh. So uh, good. So, so, so good. Yeah, so that's good. that's a Brian May, right? Right. It's a Brian May song. So um and One Vision is kind of a fun song as well. Um, give me, you know, give me, give me fried chicken. The only <laughs> the only only really good thing about that movie, Iron Eagle, despite the fact that it stars Academy Award winning Lewis Gossett Jr. Yeah, uh, but so does Jaws 3D. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah. He, yeah i pulled that one out of my pocket real fast that, didn't i that, yeah, that, guy, <laughs> that guy really needed a better agent after he yeah. won the academy award right uh officer and gentleman right downhill from there like, <laughs> yeah. it's funny um, that you brought up that song because i was going to say one of the songs that i would pick is from a movie everybody remembers about flying jets in the 1980s <laughs> iron eagle <laughs> <laughs> Touche, touche. Yes, it was that other uh, jet movie of the 80s um, that, uh, yes, I'm oh, wow, sure it was inspired even on my by. list. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now we're in round three. Uh, we're making good time. We might actually get another round or two in here. It depends on how we go. Um, but uh, let's start things off with Bambi. Labyrinth. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, very almost, good one. almost a musical, but yeah. but now I'll 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 allow it. Um, it's Not a musical. Oh, come on, really? <laughs> See, I was in the same boat because I actually have the Muppet movie on my short list, ah. and I thought about the same thing with Labyrinth. But no, Labyrinth yeah. is such a good soundtrack. Yes, uh, actually, yeah. I'm holding it as we we talk. Yeah. I love David Bowie. <laughs> Absolutely. 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 And he, uh, I think he co-wrote some of those songs for that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. With, uh, I'm trying to look on here. Eric Martin? Is that it? No. M- music coordinated by Victoria Seal, it says on here. I don't know. <laughs> I would think it would have more on here. About the... Magic Dance is my one of my favorite yeah, Bowie songs. Yeah, I love Magic Dance. It's, That's the uh, one that comes to mind when I think about that soundtrack. I yeah. like. Uh, yeah, it's uh, including Underground. Is what Underground's it's good. Mm-hmm. I always thought it was Underground until I look at the album and yeah. it's actually called Including Underground. No, nah, I'm good with just calling it Underground. Yeah, underground. <laughs> it's, it's not like it says on the front "Including Underground." Yeah. Well, says underground but it actually has on the track listing huh. that's because they got the two titles backwards on the cover it was supposed to say including underground yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Under- yeah i don't get that yeah no nah, good choice um yeah you don't You're usually so think of when you think of like you know nice uh um you know bop music um that's uh featuring muppets you don't usually think of david bowie but there you go. I do. It's my go-to. <laughs> it's really, that's like, you know, a lot of girls' puberty. <laughs> it's like that movie specifically. Girls hit puberty. <laughs> uh, Labyrinth was the female equivalent of Return of the Jedi. There you go. Yeah, yeah. of course. Very much so. Oh, at the same it. time, too. Gotcha. Yeah. Not that far apart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, all right. So uh, round three, Ashley. All right. Well, I have actually been changing up my list a little bit just as everybody's been talking, because that's the fun thing about chatting about movie soundtracks. You think of others. So I'm actually going to go with a fairly recent one, which is Into the Spider-Verse. It 
came out in 2018, but it's actually cemented itself in my mind as one of my all-time favorite superhero movies, actually. I just love the animation, but I also really like how the music helps set the mood. There's a couple songs from the track that just really stand out to me. One of them is the song, What's Up Danger? This is when he's standing on top of the skyscraper and then makes the decision he's got the suit on he's going to jump he's still afraid he doesn't know if he can do this but he's going to try to be a superhero and that's just such a powerful moment and that song I think really helps punctuate it and I also like the song from that track uh, scared of the dark which plays when the original Peter Parker dies and it's just such a crushing moment because you realize how much this character has meant to the city and what legacy that Miles Morales has to live up to. So I love the animation in this movie and I think the music is a great pairing with it and I'm excited to see what they do with the second one. Is that the one yes. that had yes. Sunflower? I think the song Sunflower. Yes. That's a great song. Who is I it? Still a- yep. in like Occasionally it'll pop up on the radio too. Yep. Is it is it is that a various artist? Is it uh, one various artist? But I no, feel like it's curated very yeah, okay. well. The songs all kind of help to tell the story. Hmm. Hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's definitely yeah. Mm-hmm. High energy. That movie is all about high energy, and the soundtrack definitely is uh, reflects that. Excellent choice. Um, awesome. We'll go with you, Mike. Me? Okay. Let us go back to the year two thousand. In the year 2000. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we are going to go look at a Coen Brothers movie ah. called oh, oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Oh, yeah. I cannot believe I didn't think about that. Yeah, that one. <laughs> That's a great one and not on my list. <laughs> it is such so an amazing, it's Americana at its best. Yeah. And they had T Bone Burnett produced it and went out and found artists and uh you know people songs that represented that era including ralph stanley and you had people like you know coming in you had artists that had never worked together but sounded so perfectly you know i'll fly away you know you had it was just amazing because with that, you had, you know, with that, you had singing was Alison Krauss and Jillian Welsh. And it was just amazing. And then everyone, of course, thinks that it was George Clooney singing in the movie, but it wasn't. <laughs> and the thing so, that stands out to me about that, that soundtrack is probably equally, if not more famous than the movie. Yes. It, oh, I mean, it's such a huge soundtrack. And that was when all of the sudden, out of nowhere, everybody had always listened to that kind of music. <laughs> oh, yeah. it, exactly. It was always like in the back of the closet. Oh, you know, I don't listen to Americana or Bluegrass. And then as soon as the soundtrack came out and they did their tour, they did a tour on this. They did. It called Down from the Mountain. And it was it was just amazing. It was all I know truly... is that soundtrack came out Mumford went, boys, come here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's, you know, after that, you got Mumford and Sons, you got the Avid Brothers, you got, you know, all these different, you know, bands. It's just, it's just awesome. Now they call a lot of it New Grass or New Americana, which is really, really awesome. 
And, you know, if you ever get a chance, this is just an awesome soundtrack from top to bottom. Yeah. It's, you know, it's just awesome. Yeah, it's one of those. And, and in the in the movie, you know, the, the band has to have a hit single. And, you know, coming up with a legitimate song to it's basically like telling someone, sit down and write a hit single. It's like it. But yet it, they did it. It worked. It was perfect. Oh, it, oh exactly. And um, Man of Constant Sorrow has been around for so many years. And, you know, and it's just to hear the new version of it. It's the most popular it's ever been, which is pretty mm -hmm. awesome. And I think, uh, I don't know, I think T-Bone Burnett is one of those guys that if you're into music, you recognize how amazingly talented that guy is and how important he is. But outside of, you know, knowing music, to the average person, they have no idea who he is. Mm -hmm. But he's exactly. one of those persons like, you know, when we talk about Hall of Fame candidates, I would, I could see T-Bone Burnett going in the Hall of Fame. Easily. Yes. And, and, yeah. and there's nothing specifically to tie him in. He's mm -hmm. just been amazing at everything he's done. Agreed. So, um, great choice. Great choice. Um, all right, Michelle, we'll go with uh, you next. Um, another director that, uh, like Tarantino, just excels at curating the music. It becomes a character in the film. And the music for this one is a character just as um, lifelike and memorable as Andy and Ducky. Oh, I knew where you're going with oh. that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, title inspired by a psychedelic first song, Pretty in Pink. Pink. Yes. Yep. Very, very much so. Yep. John Hughes at his best. John Hughes, yes. Um, had that iconic If You Leave by OMD, mm -hmm. um, uh, reworking of the P first song, uh, Suzanne Vega, just all quality, quality songs. Not sure why they did a cover version of uh, "Wouldn't It Be Good," um, but still wonderful. And the the guy that did that cover version was was in Three Dog Night, by the way. Oh wow! Yeah. But it's it okay. sounds like it sounds so much like Nick's version that it's, it's almost close, like yeah. why yeah mm -hmm. why I guess almost like oh I guess Nick didn't wouldn't allow yeah. us to do I that. Issues. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, those I mean, things. I actually got uh, contacted about using our version of Rock You Like a Hurricane on a car commercial. And oh, wow. I'm pretty sure that that was because they didn't want to pay Scorpions what they want. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, these guys sound close enough. Uh, <laughs> 50 bucks. <laughs> Did you get your 50 bucks? No, actually, we we never got the opportunity. It never materialized. Much like ninety nine percent of the, the opportunities in the music industry. <laughs> oh, and like Getty says, ten bucks is ten bucks. Exactly. <laughs> Take right. off a eh? to the Great White North. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the thing about John Hughes, um, all of his movies have these great soundtracks, and yes, he does pull in existing music like pretty and pink existed before but he's also really he was also really good at the time of finding bands before and making them like big i think like because it, before i heard this soundtrack which i listened to all like i had never heard of um uh new order i wasn't familiar with uh bellowy sum or echo and the bunny men uh this is very early in excess too mm -hmm. yeah um and uh and yet because of this soundtrack they all go on to become you know uh, staples of 
staples of uh what was that uh show 180 minutes on uh 120 MTV? minutes 120, 120, 120 minutes, right. minutes yeah. which death song was on that soundtrack yeah well exactly and like you had mentioned omd because they were mostly college radio before that mm-hmm. and this this broke a lot of big. these bands were yeah psychedelic furs everything it was just it was awesome yeah excellent yeah it definitely was on it's on my short list it's in my top five uh it didn't make my top three but it's in my top five so excellent so uh alex we'll go with you next i am so hoping we get another round because if we don't i'm in trouble um i oh, yeah. literally literally while we've been sitting here talking about it it popped in my head and it needs to be talked about because it's as iconic as the trans am and the dog himself eastbound and down by jerry reed from Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Yes. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's on my iPod, so it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love that song. Um, it is one of the great road songs. Um, and it's hysterical when you consider the fact that it's all about getting Coors beer, which is a lot like, you know, making love in a canoe. Yeah. Um, Too close so, to the water. Yeah. <clears throat> so... Uh, but yeah, it's such an iconic song, and it's it's again, it's one of those ones that people who haven't seen the movie Ashley um, have uh, <laughs> <laughs> still know the song. So I, I think that it it deserves to be on. Yes, there. I have actually. So I wanted to stand up to defend myself. Yes, uh, you've seen that, right? You've seen it, Ashley. <laughs> yeah, because okay. we did it. We we did, we did an episode regarding it. So yeah, she's seen yeah, it. Yeah. I was going to say, I, we did our, um, yeah, our Burt Reynolds tribute episode, I think. Oh, on that. Mm-hmm. So. Breaker, breaker, good buddy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I think that, yeah, that song and Convoy, like, kind of was the the, the, the two road songs from uh, the, the early, was it late 70s, early 80s? Late right? 70s. And uh, mm-hmm. was it C.J. McCoy? 76, I think. McCall, C-W- thank you. C.W. McCall. McCall, yeah. I think it was seventy like 76. Yeah, mm-hmm. that era. and then Convoy was done with the movie by Sam Peckinpah. Did uh, was Convoy um, written for the movie or was it? No, did, did they make a movie no. of the song? They made the a song movie was about movie the song. The song. song was yeah. huge. Yeah, the song was huge. The movie, not so much. <laughs> not so much. <laughs> not so much. Not so much. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, 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 uh, but inspired BJ and the Bear, so I, I'm yeah. okay with that. So. Uh, <laughs> <Wow>. All right, <laughs> all right, Mike. What have you got for our next round? I already did uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Did you? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting all rattled and confused. So I'll you, go. You might be the last one, I think. I'll, so I'll go next. Um, my soundtrack, um, I was trying to think of different eras, you know, um, so I kind of uh, didn't. Uh, There's a lot of 80s soundtracks that I enjoyed. Uh, Pretty in Pink was probably on top of those uh, outside of Purple Rain. Um, but um, But I tried to go with a different era. And uh, to me, like I went a couple of uh, decades later and uh, the, the soundtrack that I played the most was the one from The Crow. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. The, uh, that, was, that was my goth phase. Um, and uh, look, no soundtrack is uh, was like, is, I mean, for goth heads, it's like the perfect soundtrack. It's a perfect I soundtrack for the perfect movie. goth phase. Yeah, well, um, there aren't too many. Um, yeah, I, I, I want to see Mike with the black eyeliner. <laughs> oh man, the long black trench coat and all that. Yeah, um, but yeah. it's kind of probably going to be one of the biggest ones for goth people. Go on, goth people. We'll, we'll get to it. I mean, you've got uh, the Cure, uh, Nine Inch Nails, 
for love, not, for love, not least, the Jesus and Mary chain. Uh, you got you step up the the rock element of it with Rage Against the Machine, Stone Temple Pilots, Pantera, and put in Rollins Band and Violent Femmes. I mean, it's just like it's 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 a soundtrack that, despite the fact that it you know the movie is kind of dark and and you know it the music is is kind of you can't say it's uplifting but yet no, this soundtrack no, no. this soundtrack made me feel good um uh i would say second only or you know the, the yeah the, this soundtrack and then probably closely behind it was uh the matrix soundtrack um which yeah. for me were just like you know fit that time period perfectly for me in that in that few few years i listened to the matrix soundtrack a lot yeah that's what i liked yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know if anybody was going to mention that one, so I didn't want to preempt anybody. But uh, yeah, the Crow um, soundtrack is—it's just start to finish. It's one of those ones too that um, whenever I hear a song individually, and this is true of any great soundtrack or any great album, really. But if you hear a song individually, you automatically expect the next song to come after afterwards. And if it doesn't happen, you're kind of like, oh, it's like you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. <laughs> So, um, all right. So, um, has everybody gone the third round? Yeah, I can't even so. remember. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? So many other people said albums that I was that were on my list that I'm like, did I say that one? I, I don't even know. Ricky, have you gone? I, I really don't know. <laughs> okay. So, um, all right. So we're going to take a break and let's do like our, like, like, listen, before we do our next round, because I think we have time, but we did, Mike said, we did have some listeners that uh, chimed in on our group. So I'm kind of curious as to what uh, some of they, some of their picks were. Me too. So let me pull it up. Probably ones that we haven't mentioned. Um, um, there are a few, actually a few that actually were mentioned tonight already and some that might coming up. So, but yeah, we actually put a call out over on the ESO network group on Facebook. And yeah. if you want to join in, we would definitely love to have you guys part of it. We actually got almost 30 comments on the, Whew. so nice. That's a good community join or yeah. you're not a member. Please, yes. please, yes. please. We it's welcome, great, great we welcome group. you and we try to keep it positive. Okay. Uh, DK, uh, Pullermutter wrote, as a rhythm and blues fanatic, I'm particularly fond of the scores from the 70s Black Black Sectation films, headed by Isaac Hayes' score for Shaft, Curtis yeah. Mayfield's Superfly, and Marvin Gaye's for Troubled Men. That's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Those are all good stuff. ones. Yeah. Shaft, an Oscar winner. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, D- Dave Chapman put scores and musicals are probably 90% of my listening. Kick Ass was a pretty awesome Kick Ass soundtrack. Uh, Rick Baldwin put Little Shop of Horrors, but also the Blues Brothers oh, on my list. Yeah, that was that was one I was thinking about. Yeah, it is such an a good amaz- It's an amazing soundtrack. Gary Mitchell actually put The Crow, which Mike Gordon just talked about. Uh, Rob Snavely, uh, who was on our show not that long ago, did The Crow and Pink Floyd: The Wall, mm. which is that an was- awesome set. That's kind of like it's a, that's like it's like when a um like a perfect example or an early example of like a music video to an album. <laughs> like yeah. it's just an extended like yeah. Yeah. That's a, it is that's just a dark movie. Uh Jolie Simmons actually did the Pretty in Pink soundtrack. It remains yeah. dear to her heart. Uh Eric Woodsensit, who's been on our show a few times, 
it did until the end of the world is my favorite although the mm. movie was so so uh it came out in 1992 and the concept was to make it a soundtrack of what music sounded like in 1999 pretty cool uh mike uh sorry scott dr scott figay did dune has a great soundtrack is that a score uh, or did it it's a score yeah, that's uh, a score that's still, that's so cool. Scott, oh, sorry, okay. Uh, so Bella Pogue uh, wrote Paris, Texas, uh, Blade Runner, Forrest Gump, and Midnight Run had a great soundtrack too. Uh, Anthony Williams said uh, Still Crazy. Uh, Kevin Griggs said Mortal Kombat. Uh, D- Dane Schultz actually did the life aquatic uh both oh, gar- yes. such a good one yes. <laughs> oh, mark's McWizzet, mark's McWizzet. mark mother's mark's mother but i can't talk yeah okay that. both guardians of the galaxy soundtracks snatch had a great oh, soundtrack. that is a good soundtrack and that's that's a yeah. snatch is one where they incorporate lines of the song uh, lines from the movie in the soundtrack and yeah. it's just really well done um it's a great great soundtrack pulp fiction we've mentioned mm-hmm. already and he also did Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Nice. Oh yes, that's a good one. Yeah, which which we just reviewed not that long ago. Yeah. Uh, Sh- Sherman Burris did Transformers the movie in 1986. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, he's got the uh, power. Frank, <laughs> Dood- yeah, Frank Doodle Willis. We're gonna all say this one: Heavy Metal, 1981. Uh, on my list. Yeah. That's on my list. Yeah. On, yep. my on my list and absolutely not. How is heavy metal a musical? Uh, it's not a musical. It's not a musical. No. I, I, I it's a lot of montages. Think of it as just you're watching. You're like pretty much watching music videos. It's like my memories. The songs are playing and there's all kinds of animation going on. Yeah, it's not unlike uh, uh, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band in that regard. <laughs> yeah. See, there you go. I <laughs> all fairness, I saw heavy metal when I was really little. So yeah, um, me too. That was very inappropriate for both. I was going to say, how yeah, inappropriate. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Exactly. All right. And Elizabeth, I saw that was very little as well. Elizabeth Laney um, said, all my favorite movie soundtracks are scores. They're 90% of my movie soundtrack collection. But I'll just mention that Forrest Gump has an amazing soundtrack, yeah. as does Reese Witherspoon's Sweet Home Alabama. Oh, yeah. Very okay. different uh, choice, but I like that one. I've always loved the Titan AE soundtrack, but next time, if you want to discuss the movie scores, I'll be happy to provide a fuller list. That's <laughs> okay. Uh, David Timney, uh, Judgment Night soundtrack for me, and it's some of my all-time favorite artists working together. Yeah, that was one where they the concept was to bring two artists together to create music songs, right? Yeah, um, like a, a rapper and a, a rap group and a, a rock group, right? To yeah, put yeah. together that kind of thing. Yeah, right. Uh, Tony Bowers, he did Rocky Horror Picture Show and Lost Boys. So we already mm-hmm. mentioned Lost Boys. Uh, Kelly Guntler um, did Romeo and Juliet, the 1996 version. The Baz Luhrmann, excellent yeah. choice. Mm. Yes, good music on that. That yeah. soundtrack's neat because it's a mixture of songs and score. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the only place I've been able to find a copy of O oh, Fortuna. So nice choice. That's cool. Uh, it had a fantastic. <laughs> uh, most recently, they liked the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse soundtrack. So <laughs> there you go, Ashley. All right, Noah Drake Bell. 
he had Dirty Dancing. Oh, my oh, wife had my wife had that one on her list. Uh, uh, Foot. He also had Footloose. Yeah, good choice. Good. Top Gun. Never heard of it. Oh, yeah, no, no one ever. Yeah. <laughs> the Great Gatsby remake. And weirdly enough, even though the movie wasn't good, the soundtrack for The Lone Ranger. Oh, it was pretty hmm. good. Interesting. So, uh, uh, our friend actually Joe Heath actually asked, "Does Josie and the Pussycats count, or does it fall under musicals?" Yeah, I absolutely that. counts. The genre around the world. Yeah, <laughs> musical. musical. Yeah, was on my list. Yeah. Okay, uh, Mark Heffernan, uh, Top Gun, the quintessential '80s soundtrack. It features the sounds track from many from the era. Kenny Loggins, twice. Notably on Danger Zone, as well as Cheap Trick, Lover Boy, Miami Sound Machine, and even Harold Fadelmeyer's of Miami Vice fame. It's got a uh, what's your name from Berlin, right? On that one. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Terry Nunn. Uh, Terry Nunn. Yeah. Yeah. Take my take. Yeah. Take, take my breath take away. My breath away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that was, and, was yeah. That was awesome. It was a great and, soundtrack. And my, my, I was telling Michelle we when we were talking about this earlier. Um, I mentioned to her my favorite Top Gun song is actually not even on the soundtrack. It's not in the movie. Um, when they promoted uh, in the trailer for Top Gun, they used uh, the song "Stranger Eyes." Stranger Eyes by the Cars, which is one of my favorite car songs, is off uh, the album "Heartbeat City." And I love that song. And when I saw the movie, I was so disappointed <laughs> that it wasn't in the movie. And then on, on the soundtrack, I was like, "Ah, this is yeah." That's uh, that's uh, one of those times where the trailer ruined the movie for me. Yeah. Well, there that's you called go. Bait and switch. Exactly. Bait, bait and, and switch. switch. Bait and switch happens the- happens all the time. The commercial so, for Meet the Robinsons used the Cowboy Mouth song, I Haven't Had This Much Fun, which yep. is about leaving, get, getting out of a bad relationship and enjoying life. So, mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, Jeff Crawford did Forrest Gump. Uh, Jack Kramer, he said he would have to say Pink Floyd, The Wall, The Blues Brothers, Who Made Who movie from the movie Maximum Overdrive. Okay. Oh. oh, yeah. ACDC song. Yeah. Yep. And we can't forget the killer soundtrack of Reservoir Dogs. There's your other Tarantino. Yep. Yeah. More Tarantino. Okay. But, so um, is it a battle between Tarantino and John Hughes for the best director to use music? Or is it even I, a contest? Uh, Cameron Crowe. Yeah. Cameron <laughs> Crowe is actually Cameron Crowe is next on my list with Almost Famous. Gotcha. And I had it almost famous on my list. I'm glad you picked it. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> almost famous is an amazing soundtrack. I'm going to open round four with that one. All right. So, Micah, uh, yeah. So, round four. Yeah. Uh, if uh, year 2000 also um, an amazing year for movie soundtracks, actually. But uh, Cameron Crowe did almost like a, a biography movie of his life story as a kid. And Almost Famous is an amazing soundtrack from Simon and Garfunkel, The Who, Todd Rundgren, The Beach Boys, Rod Stewart, The Allman Brothers, who the movie pretty much, yeah, Elton John, Tiny Dancer. That's one of the most iconic scenes in that. Cat Mm -hmm. Stevens, Clarence, uh, Clarence, uh, Clarence Carter, uh, Thunderclap Newman. You know, it's just, it's just amazing. And then you also have Stillwater doing fever dog and that's actually the actors had to learn how to play the music and even the lead singer 
of Stillwater, which is pretty darn awesome, is Jason Lee. Jason Lee, yeah. yeah. Which is awesome. Wow. Yeah, so it, it's an awesome, awesome movie. And five movies yeah. of all time. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's a movie actually I would love to eventually talk about on the podcast. I'm um, there. Yeah, yeah, it is awesome. And I'm sure Ashley hasn't seen it yet. So, nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, it, it's an amazing soundtrack. And it, it, it meant a lot in where I was at in my life right at that point. So, it is to this day, it's going to be, it's always one of my favorite go tos. So that's gotcha. gotcha. a good right. soundtrack. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Ricky, what's, uh, what's your next pick? Well, <clears throat> my next one is probably not one that's on anyone else's list. And it's also not a funny one, but um, this one meant a lot to me at the time and was probably the first soundtrack that I ever really, really, really loved. I listened to it all the time and that was stand by me. Mm. Awesome. Soundtrack. Oh, good soundtrack. Yeah. And it's even more than just the Benny King song. It is, but it, awesome, but it awesome certainly album. catapulted that song to uh, new well, status, higher status. Well, it brought it back after almost twenty-five years mm-hmm. at that point. So it's it's awesome. It is a great, great song. I can't remember the actual like um, the rest of the soundtrack, but it's is it all songs from that era? Yes, Lollipop is one of the songs that's on there. For yes. example. But it it was just a a cassette tape that I flipped over and over and over. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, cassette tapes. For Ashley, little... that's like an MP3. <laughs> I, I had some cassette tapes in my younger days, so. <laughs> you had singles. You had singles. I know you did. No, she had Sesame Street singing the vowels. Making she had that Fisher Price tape cassette player. <laughs> Y'all laugh. Some of those Sesame Street cassette tapes were really good. Yeah, so. well, you know, Fisher Price made. I mean, that, that those were durable. They those, were. Yeah, for the people who brought you Nokia, it's like made by Tonka. <laughs> Alex, what's your next pick? Oh my gosh, I was so hoping other people had gone to take the way with, like because I'm stuck between three. And it's driving me crazy, but uh, I'm going to pick the one because it was number one in 1976. And then again in 1989, when it was used in the movie Wayne's World, ah, yes. Bohemian Rhapsody. Rhapsody. <laughs> it's the biggest, it's the, it's the most memorable scene um, from a movie that made over $250 million. Mm-hmm. And that speaks volumes because it takes place in the first 15 minutes of the mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the character in the middle of the back seat was not, <laughs> originally, was not originally written in that scene. And when he found out they were doing Bohemian Rhapsody, he was like, can, can, I be, can, can we somehow get me in there? <laughs> He's in that scene because he wanted to sing along with them in the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Mike well, Myers had to fight to get did. that song. They, yeah, because yes. they wanted something. I think they wanted for something from like ACDC or something. Uh, like I think that. it was Guns N' Roses. Guns N' Roses. Yes. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Because they wanted they wanted uh, uh, Welcome to the Jungle or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And and he was like, No, it's got to be it's got to be Bohemian. Yeah. And it it 
really is the best scene in the movie. It is. Um, and it's the one scene that everybody knows, and you don't even have mm-hmm. to see the movie to know it. Yeah. Um, and and forgive uh, forgive me, but I think the scene is just them riding around, listening yes. to the music, it's, it's singing five along. Minutes. It's five yeah, minutes it's of just, them singing yes. along with those songs. That's it. That's all it is. It's like it's like I don't know if that I can't think of another instance in a movie that just is it's just people just listening to the song to the and song. singing along with it the is, song. It is such a Seth MacFarlane move. Where it's just like we're gonna show you this one thing, yeah. and it's gonna be idiotic, and you're gonna love it. Uh-huh. Um, and but yeah, it's it's absolutely uh, the most iconic scene in that movie, and it might be one of the most iconic scenes using music in film. Mm-hmm. I do absolutely love that music, but uh, I, I love the movie. I love the music. But when that movie came out on VHS, I think mm-hmm. it was one of those things where McDonald's was giving away one of five mm-hmm. movies. Like four ninety nine for the movie, yeah. Yeah, okay, that was mm-hmm. it. And a friend of ours got Wayne's World, and my drummer and roommate borrowed it and watched it every day <laughs> for about six months. <laughs> nice. So, so I love the movie, and I love the music. Sick of it, are you? I have seen it a few times. <laughs> it was always on. Yeah, at that point, Ricky's like, no, 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 no. Actually, honestly, I was just glad he stopped watching Blazing Saddles every day because he had oh, already uh-huh. ruined that for me. Yeah. <laughs> Never. Also on my list. Anyway. <laughs> well, the Frankie Lane song is awesome. Uh, next pick uh, goes to Michelle. Uh, well, since um, the excellent selection of uh, Almost Famous has been made, uh, I was sitting here thinking, and kudos to the person that suggested the Blues Brothers. That's amazing. But I am going to, uh, on the fly, give a nod to the mouse, uh, Disney, and the soundtrack to The Jungle Book. Oh yeah, that's a good. Ooh. Yeah, that's good. Man, you're yeah, opening was... that door to, to Disney, and it's almost musicals. But um, yeah, but, yeah, because because but... I was like, I was almost there with like, oh, Lion King or Aladdin <laughs> or you know, because there's so many great ones that they did in the '90s. You know. Yeah, but their early their early stuff was their like early music stuff. was not. It wasn't necessarily a musical event. It was no. just, yeah. This is this is a song that's playing. Like, Bear Necessities is still fantastic. Yeah. Oh god, yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, 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 Be Like You mm-hmm. is is mm-hmm. wonderful. Yeah. The Trust in Me is uh creepy. Is, <laughs> is such is a good the, choice. Is the live action version of Jungle Book is that a musical? I mean, do they have the music in there? They have. Uh, I want to be like you, uh, which is frighteningly done by a computer realistic orangutan voiced by Christopher Walken. <laughs> you know oh what? I God. think I may have just made four people on this podcast want to watch the movie now. <laughs> and yes, there is a cowbell reference because why not? Because why not? Oh my God. Touche, touche. Uh, but it is one of the best, one of my favorite Disney soundtracks. Yeah. I had the, I had that, I had that vinyl mm-hmm. growing up. It was in my record collection, and uh, that was one I played more than yeah. any other. Yeah, yeah, and all, all, all the people on it, uh, they were heavy, heavy hitters in the jazz world. Um, they, 
they didn't get slouches for this music. These, these oh no, not the at all. The absolute best. Yeah, I mean that's those were the days when I mean I think Walt was still doing things right. So I, I mean so. that was he was the last still, one he worked on. Really? Yep. Well, it's a good one to go out on, I guess. Um, uh, I mean, it's a great movie. <laughs> like, if you're going to go out, like, don't go out with like you know. I don't know. Great. You don't want to go out on Treasure Planet. <laughs> exactly. <Okay. laughs> you okay. know. I got gotcha. you. Know, Black you're not, Cauldron. You're not gonna. You're not gonna go out on All Dogs Go to Heaven, right? Like, <laughs> no, because that's a Don Bluth film. <laughs> that's not a Disney movie. So there. I'll well, see. Then you're really not. So. <laughs> All right. Before I put my foot in again, <laughs> I guess I'll move on to uh, Ashley. All right. Not quite sure how to follow that, but um, <laughs> pivoting a little bit, I wanted to give a shout out to a another more recent film, which is Elton John's uh, biography movie, Rocket Man. I'm a big fan of Elton John's music, and this movie kind of rides the line. It's almost a musical, but I think they did a really great job pulling out some of his famous songs and then telling the story of his life through that and the songs have a different meaning for me now when I listen to them that just comes up on Spotify or whatever as I'm listening to it in my car and I think of the things he went through in his life as I hear that remembering seeing the movie so I think it added a lot to his uh, musical library at least for me and I think they did a good job recapturing the flavor of his songs without trying to top, you know, what he did, because obviously he's a musical legend. So I think that's a good example of paying tribute to him. In some of the ways they actually made it their own. Exactly. Which was awesome. Like, you know, even like Saturday nights are right with fighting, adding the Indian part and the, you know, the, the jazz to it. It's, it's really awesome. They did uh, some really great stuff. And even the original music they did for it is is just awesome. Yeah, it's a great movie. And I feel like it's one that's not necessarily talked about enough. I feel like people kind of forgot about it. It came out during the summer blockbuster season and wasn't really looked at too much in terms of Oscar season. But I think that's a, it's a great uh, movie and does a great job paying tribute to Elton John's very expensive musical catalog. It was unfortunate that it came out uh, kind of on the heels of Bohemian Rhapsody. It hams Yes. Yes. Yeah. And done by the same people. Yep. So. Mm-hmm. Taryn Edgerton did an awesome job singing. He, oh, yes, for he sure. Did. Yeah. He did well. It's not easy. No. <laughs> <laughs> not easy at all. Well, and, and Taryn had already done work uh, with Elton, not just with um, uh, Kingsman Golden Circle. <laughs> But also, it's the best part of that movie. Oh, no, no. Mark Strong singing Country Roads, and I'll fight you to death for that. True. Um, Fair. Fair. But but Taron Edgerton got that role by doing I'm Still Standing in the animated movie Sing. Yes. Yes. Yes, That's right. And he's so good in that, too. So I'll be over here. (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. Uh, Bambi. Donnie Darko. Oh, Mad it. World. Exactly. Mad Cover World. Because oh. that's that else that has like sixteen, you know, you know more of like what we said we weren't going to talk about, but it does have Mad World by Gary Jules, and that is just awesome. And the Killing Moon by yeah. Echo in the Bus. 
Yeah, there's a, it's the, the the ones the songs they have on it is so amazing, and it's it's a great great soundtrack if you ever get a chance to listen to it. That cover of Mad uh, Mad World is just it totally yeah. sets the tone for that movie, mm-hmm. and it completely changes it from the Tears for Fears version. Yeah, it's it, it's, it's a, one of those occasions where the cover is superior to the original. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I won't go that far, but yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will because it's better than the original. <laughs> All right, um, that movie was so weird. Um, yes, <laughs> yes. Patrick it was. Yeah, yeah. Donnie Darko was a weird movie. I don't know what. I still don't know what to make of it um, after all these years. What's that? A good soundtrack. A good soundtrack. Good soundtrack. I like the cover better than the movie. I think we've established that it's not really necessary to watch the movie in order to enjoy a soundtrack, uh, <laughs> per se. Most but, definitely. Uh, Most definitely. But, uh, but it is interesting when it when it works out quite well. And uh, uh, for my uh, fourth pick, uh, I'm going to go with uh, a soundtrack that I think is way better than the movie as well. But um, it really... I wouldn't say it introduced me, but it solidified me and made me really appreciate, like as a, as a, as a white boy growing up in, in Northern Massachusetts, it made me appreciate the sounds of Motown. And that is the big chill soundtrack. On my list. Um, the big chill soundtrack has, you know, the Marvin Gaye temptations, the rascals, the miracles, uh, Aretha Franklin, um, it's just uh, an amazing score from start to finish of all these hits uh, that uh, came out of that era. It's also got um, a wider shade of pale on it. Um, and uh, what's the other one? It's got three dog night on it too. Um, Joy to the world. Yeah. It's just the rascals are on it. It's just a really fun soundtrack and really good music and all in one place. It even was so successful that it came out with a volume two. Um, but I don't know if, all the songs on volume two were actually in the movie. I think it was one of those inspired, inspired by. by, but, um, yep. Uh, um, but yeah, I knew Mike, you would appreciate it. Oh, of course. It's an awesome soundtrack, <laughs> but who remembers the movie? Oh, I remember Kevin Cosner's was the dead body. <laughs> Shh, no, no, uh, although when I hear, um, uh, when I hear that song, um, a wider shade of pale i do think of that scene because that's the funeral scene right in the movie yes and i do think of the visuals of that um uh, so it does stick with me on that respect but the rest of the movie i couldn't i couldn't really tell you much about i saw it way um a long time ago long time ago all right we'll finish out this round with you mike i was the first one i think it's ricky's turn yeah i did oh brother i I did the uh no i did what i did the almost famous one yeah. That was last gotcha. time. I don't no. know. We're so mixed up. Has no, anybody started has, this one off because he has, fired has, off with Has uh, anybody one. not gone? I think Ricky didn't. No, I, I think I think I've only done three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Give us another one. Uh okay. Um the Ramones soundtrack for Rock and Roll High School. Yeah, that's. Mm. I I knew yeah. that would be in there. That's awesome. <laughs> and I mean, I, I I love the Ramones, and that's one of my favorite campy movies. Yeah, that's a good one. We would so. like to make you an honorary Ramon. That is the <laughs> acting ability. 
I loved it. Fun uh, one. Fun one. That was um that was uh that was the same guy who, the director was the same guy who did uh um uh the original Little Shop of Horrors oh. and um uh Eat My Dust and Grand Theft Auto. Yep. Um whose okay. name completely escapes me right now. Corman mm-hmm. did that? Roger Corman, thank you. Yeah. Huh, yeah. I didn't realize Roger Corman directed that. Uh, well, he produced it. He produced it. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Because so. it was it was done on the cheap. It, it was, was yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> ten bucks is ten bucks. <laughs> but I thought it was originally going to be Disco High School, and uh, he was talked out of that. Good. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> they would have been burning cassettes of that movie, uh, reels of that movie in Wrigley Field. Um, uh, uh, actually, it was Comiskey Park. Comiskey Park, yeah. 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 Um, alongside all those disco albums that went up in smoke. But that's an since, idea at the time. <laughs> since it was rock and roll high school, uh, and you had um, uh, PJ Souls mm-hmm. playing Riff Randall, yep. um, I got to hear all kinds of stories about her working with the Ramones, including oh, cool. uh, one of my absolute favorite stories when she told me about. Uh, how she invited the Ramones over for her Thanksgiving dinner because they were, you know, on the other side of the country from home. And her family had very formal Thanksgiving dinners where they all dressed up in nice clothes. <laughs> they had very, you know, elaborate setup. And the Ramones showed up in their ripped up jeans, T-shirts and leather jackets, and they would only eat pizza. <laughs> so they had to order pizza on Thanksgiving for the Ramones. <laughs> Absolutely love that story. That's <laughs> awesome. Uh, I think the Ramones are also responsible for the favorites, my favorite song to come ever come out of a Stephen King movie, which is Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery. Song. Way yep. better than the that movie. other side of that single, Ashley, yeah. was um, uh, uh, Sheena's a punk rocker. Uh, oh, really? Heard. That's my favorite. And oddly enough, that's my favorite Ramones song. So, hey. And rumor has it that. Uh, the Ramones went over to Stephen King's house and he handed them a copy of the book and Dee Dee went upstairs and came down about 15 minutes later and said, here's your song. <laughs> so, either a awesome. really, really fast reader or he didn't even read the book. He just, or he I just, know which it, way I lean. Or he just read the title. <laughs> I think it's chapter more one, than that Chapter one. 12, we're good. <laughs> of course, of course, of course. All right, that is unfortunately our final round, but I didn't want to get out of here without talking about and mentioning the fact that we have two people on here who actually provided a song to a soundtrack. Um, and I just wanted to know what that experience was like because Radio Cull appears on, what, a couple movies, right? Uh, well, I can't even tell you how many movies have been released with Radio Cull songs. <laughs> But I can tell you I've filled out a lot of paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we uh, we as Radio Cult have mm-hmm. been on several movie soundtracks. And I think in total, I've been on about 15. Wow. Wow. So um, for the most part, it's been a case of filmmakers using pre-existing songs and the deals on on all of those have varied widely anything from uh, us allowing people to use the songs for free 
to just the promise of someday getting paid. So, <laughs> you know, it's all across the spectrum. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we've, um, one of the big ones was, uh, they changed the name of the movie. Originally, the movie was called uh, Fat Chance. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And it was changed by the distributor to Camp Massacre. Yeah. And they changed the uh, the cover, which I thought was a very clever cover originally of um, blood on a scale, like, you know, where you would weigh yourself scale that was in the shape of a skull. The, camp, the, the premise of the movie was people were being murdered at a weight loss camp. So um, I thought that was, you know, a very yeah. clever cover. It was changed from that to uh, a professional res- wrestler and two scantily clad women, one of whom wasn't even in the movie. <laughs> As you do. But As you do. On, <laughs> on that soundtrack, uh, we had the opening song and they oh, did animated. Uh, an animated, basically it was like an animation of the entire movie in, you know, three and a half minutes. And so it ended up being a music video for our song, yeah. which was awesome. Yeah, it's a really open. It's a really cool opening, and it's a really cool song as well. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, we've uh, the the biggest movie that I may be on the soundtrack on is uh, Troma, one of the Nukem High movies. I, I think it was it's a Toxic Avenger. No, no, no. no it was Return to Nukem Re- High. Return to Nukem High Part. I don't two, know. I yeah. think. I don't remember yet. I remember Wait, Return to Nukem High Part, part Two. two. <laughs> because there were so many unanswered questions from Return to Nukem High. <laughs> that is man, you, hey, you're in a trauma film. I don't care, man. You're boss with me. Well, I don't <laughs> we we don't know if we're in it, but it's the longest contract I've ever had to sign. <laughs> So yeah, and, being the movie soundtrack's cool. Yeah. Nice. And uh, of course, I have to mention too, I guess, I mean, the Tiki Zombie, it's considered a soundtrack. We consider that a soundtrack, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, The Hell with Purple Rain, that's my favorite soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> I have to admit, I have listened to the Tiki Zombie soundtrack way more times since it has come out than I have listened to the Purple Rain soundtrack. <laughs> I think I might be close to that number. Um, I don't know. It's a big number for me to, to try it over, but I have listened to that one as well. And uh, yes, as being as self-serving as I can be, that one is a cool soundtrack. So, and it's the only soundtrack we've talked about that's based on a comic. So there you that go. Is- what about the crow? No, sorry. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, yes. gas. Uh, By the well, way. Well, they were, but yeah, but there were movies of comic properties just to throw back to that comment about the crow you know saying it's like the ultimate goth album I was like oh i wanted to get to it but i didn't want to spoil it but uh the hunger soundtrack mm. uh, the opening song bella lugosi's dead yes. started the goth movement oh yes <laughs> that's true oh. that's, uh, it is really important to goth movement. any uh, honorable mentions real quickly like just pop them out real quick um there was a couple of jonathan demi uh, soundtracks that I listened to a lot in the 80s, Something Wild and Married to the Mob being two of my favorites. I think Jonathan Demme is a guy just like um, we mentioned John Hughes and Tarantino that really understands how to use music in a movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. So uh, so those were right there. David Lynch um, is the same way, too, in some ways. Yeah. 
Mm. I had uh, I had the commitments. Oh, a wonderful soundtrack, but very underrated. Also, there's multiples of those. Um, I picked the movie earlier this year for the retro reviews. Gross point blank. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Yeah. We had and dazed and confused. I'm honestly surprised did not make the list today. Yep. On my list. Okay. One of my honorable mentions. One of my honorable mentions also is Swingers, which introduced the world to Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. Voodoo Daddy. Yeah. Exactly. And then, of course, you also had uh, recently Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Another Quentin Tarantino. So, which is pretty dark. It's His stuff is just awesome. And it's it's just great that you get that kind of stuff all the time. And everyone else got all my other ones that I had. So it's pretty cool, you know. And you... Can I throw out two that aren't movies but feel like they're movies? Sure. sure. No. Thriller? And Jeannie's got a gun. They feel like movies. It's, it's probably because the videos basically are. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm actually shocked no one brought up Saturday Night Fever. I've never seen it. <laughs> it, it's, it, it, it was big and it was originally on my list and it occurred to me that Grease was a bigger oh. film for me. Mm. Uh, and then, of course, the the mandate that came down from Birthday Diva uh, that said we couldn't have musicals. Um, so well it just means we'll have to do another episode Uh, get together all together all together again uh to for a big musical number well real quick Uh, there's one song that i want to mention sure and that is paint it black in every vietnam movie ever (laughs) 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 that is true that is used a lot uh the doors are also featured in almost every Uh vietnam movie ever i think Oh, uh, the soundtrack to the doors. Michelle, yeah. did you have uh, any? A um, couple of songs going through my head right now. Um, Dark Side, Eddie and the Cruisers. Mm. Oh, oh, yeah. That was huge, yep. That, that's oh. one of those songs that I think overshot the movie. Like, people think of the, the <laughs> oh, song yeah. more than they think of the movie. And, oh, God, yeah. Um, my my buddy Derek would be mad at me if I didn't mention I Can Dream About You from Streets oh, of Fire. I love that song. That is yeah, exactly yeah. what the other song that was in my head was was that one. Oh, nice. We take a shake, rattle, and roll. People got to stick together. I'm blanking on the guy's name. Dan Hartman. Dan Hartman. Dan Hartman. Great yeah. Dan Hartman. Uh, great yes. album. I love his, uh, yeah. solo, his single, single album. Uh, and, uh, an interesting side note about a song from a movie soundtrack um, in the movie uh, Reality Bites, the song Stay was, uh, at the time, um, oh, what was her name? Yeah, I'm Lisa Loeb. Lisa, Lisa Loeb. Loeb. She was uh, the next door neighbor in the apartment complex to Ethan Hawke. Is that his name? I don't know. Yeah. yeah you got and, it. Uh, he heard her playing Stay over and over and over through the wall and said, you know, I want to get this song on the movie soundtrack. She didn't even have a record deal at the time. That's right. Nope. So wow. had, she she got the... a record deal to get that song on the movie soundtrack. First number one to not be released on a record. That is wild. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mm. yeah. Pretty awesome. awesome. Uh, the only other honorable mention, because you and I talked about it earlier, was Fast Times at Ridge High. Oh, yeah. yes. oh yes yes it's like, yep. it's like yep. i don't know Cameron that crow that that that, mm-hmm. that car that car song is uh, not on there it's not on yep. the soundtrack the most iconic 
song featured like in the movie like you like that scene in the movie with the you know um uh let's see i'm blanking on the song Stereo. Stereo. Stereo, right that's yeah. that's that is the most iconic scene in that movie mm. and yeah no one remembers the song i don't know why um but uh <laughs> we also used to play the ravens raised on the radio all the time also from mm. that soundtrack which was awesome that was like the that was like one of the first movies that came out, like the teenage movies mm. with the soundtracks uh, that came out, mm. like flooded the market after that. Um, but, uh, but that is another show. So yes, yeah. I think we have, uh, we've just, it feels like we've only just scratched the surface of this topic. So we might have oh, to revisit yeah. this again. Uh, but I really appreciate uh, y'all for doing this and uh, we'll be right back after this message to close out the show. Welcome to A Geek Girl's Take. I'm your host, Angela, and this week, this geek girl is talking about the Beetlejuice makeup collection from Melt Cosmetics. So lots of makeup brands are doing collabs with movies and other fandoms recently, and one that really caught my eye is the Beetlejuice collection from Melt Cosmetics. The colors scream Beetlejuice, and the packaging is so, so nice. They have two eyeshadow palettes, one based off of Lydia and one based off of Beetlejuice, and the colors coordinate with those characters. They have lots of fun lip colors, eye colors, eye paints, mascara, a really cute hand mirror, and some makeup brushes that are based off of the different characters, too. So far, I've only seen the Lydia one. I am sure there are lots of other items that they also haven't announced yet, but just keep an eye on their social media because that's where I'm finding all these pictures, and so far, they have me super hyped. And they all look so good. Milk Cosmetics, if you haven't heard of them, is a company out of Los Angeles, and their products are generally very, very high quality from what I have tried of them, which has been their lip colors and their eyeshadows. I love it when companies bring out colors that are not just the normal nudes, pinks, and reds. So having something to wear that is bright and flashy and fun is always just really fun in itself. And it's exactly what this line looks like. It's bright, it's flashy, it's fun, it's bold. And I know I am super excited and just waiting for them to announce when it comes out because they haven't announced the release date yet. And there's definitely a few items that I want to try, including one of the eyeshadow palettes. They have a green lipstick and a really pretty purple lipstick as well. Well, thanks for listening to A Geek Girl's Take. What will I talk about next week? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out. Monster, why so gone, chum? Oh, hi, Bane. I have to write a promo for my podcast. Well, you should do something like, I am a monster, and I could kill you, but instead, I will simply break you if you don't listen to my podcast. I think that's a bit much. I don't see how that's a problem. The Monster Sci-Fi Show is part of the ESO Network. It's sci-fi. From a certain point of view... So that's going to wrap up another episode of the Earth Station One Podcast. Let's thank our guests for being here. Of course, Ricky and Bambi, thank you as always. Thank you for having us. Anything you guys need to promote or how could people find you guys? Uh, Yes, we have to promote our new album that will be out uh, January of 2015. And um, (laughs) we... (laughs) 
<laughs> well, at this point, it's running a little late. And uh, yeah. they can find us uh, on our website at radiocult.com, which I believe was updated within the last five years. Yeah, I know. It's so nice. Facebook. Or look us up on Facebook, um, uh, Spotify, YouTube, yeah, all the normal all places. Stuff. And apparently... People are still listening to us on MySpace Music because I'm pretty sure I just made 13 cents from uh, plays on MySpace Music. Nice. Wow. Going to blow Ashley, it all on liquor. Ash, Ashley, MySpace was what was around before Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was GeoCities and then MySpace and then the internet. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Geo City. Oh my God. I'm th- oh I'm God. so glad I wasn't drinking during that. What about CompuServe? <laughs> and of course, Michelle. Thank thank you so so much. Thanks for having me. Anything you want to promote? <laughs> well, okay. Um, the 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 original mothership blog is uh, iconicrocktalkshow.wordpress.com. Which has Excellent. got a, a huge article that you worked a lot on. Like. Is that yeah. the, the yeah. most recent one? Yeah, the most recent one is uh, something I did in collaboration with some friends that uh, do a podcast called Hall Watchers. And um, we talked about artists that have been um, recognized by such institutions as the Grammys, the uh, Presidential Medal of Freedom, the Kennedy Center Honors, but they've never been nominated for the Rock Hall of Fame. Mm. Wow. Wow, that is pretty big. So can't wait to read that one. Awesomeness. And of course, let's thank our movie people for being here this week. Ashley, thank you so, so much. Well, thank you. I was really looking forward to this one. It was a lot of fun to do a crossover between the movie and the music people. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. It's going to be a while till that happens again. I don't know if we can handle this much, <laughs> this much ego in the room here. I don't know. The station might just explode. <laughs> exactly. So anything you want to shout out about? Yeah, I just wanted to give a quick shout out. I really enjoyed uh, being on the YouTube show on the shelf talking about geek collecting. So that was a lot of fun and um, looking forward to checking out some of his other shows. Definitely a positive space to talk about love for collecting and everything geeky. So I highly recommend everybody check it out. And we remember the days when she didn't even really want to talk into a microphone for us. So it's pretty awesome. I I was so excited. Like I realized like, oh, I don't, I would have never agreed to do video like even maybe five years ago. So it was exciting to see this how is, my confidence has grown. This is awesome. You, you so well deserve it. So it's awesome and everything. And Alex. Yeah. Thank you as much, my friend. Oh man. Such a pleasure. Great time. Um, this is honestly one of the most uh, one of the most fascinating and uh, truly enjoyable podcasts that I've gotten to do uh, with y'all, and just the the mix of the music and the movies was was a lot of fun. Well, exactly, it, it took you out of your box, which was pretty awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Anything you want to shout out about, sir? Ah, uh, what is the greatness of Alex Trebek? Thank you so much, sir, for everything. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. And, you know, it wasn't a surprise. It was just a matter of time. Yeah. And they have announced that his last show will air Christmas Day. Oh, wow. Oh. So we still have that to look towards. So take it as what you will. And thank you for years and years of putting us in jeopardy, Alex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. 
and that was it, that was said with as a question, so it's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Mr. Mike Gordon, we've made it through another one, sir. We did, and this one was a blast. As always, it's my pleasure. But this one was uh, very cool. Uh, came together very well, but I didn't have any doubts with the people involved. So um, a lot of uh, I can't ask for anything better for my birthday. Um, and I do want to, on that note, uh, give a shout out to. All those folks that have reached out um, regarding my birthday with good, good, good wishes and and support and all that kind of stuff, I, I really appreciate it. Um, uh, people taking the time to do that, I love that. Um, and um, more importantly, um, you know, I did one of those Facebook fundraisers that I, I do like every every uh, year, and uh, this year it was kind of chosen for me. Um, <laughs> Michelle and I have uh, recently taken in some orphan kittens. And um, I didn't know until now how much time and effort it takes to nurture kittens that have been abandoned by their mothers. So um, took them in. They were born on the bedroom floor. <laughs> it's true. It's absolutely true. They were born in the bedroom floor. Um, and uh, the floor is not recovered either. And, and very born quickly, on the bedroom floor. My favorite folksman song, actually. And uh, yeah. and quickly abandoned by their mother shortly thereafter, which left us to handle the kitties. And look, it's a lot of work. And uh, I, I, my heart goes out to anybody who's um, you know um, part of saving and and rescuing orphan kittens. There's a organization called the Orphan Kitten Club, which I think is uh, run by uh, someone who calls himself the Kitten Lady. Kitten Lady. And she has helped us a lot with um, uh, advice for uh, taking care of these newborns. So um, they're in their fifth week now. And, uh, you know, um, hopefully they'll become actual cats sometime soon um, and we can get some sleep. (laughs) But... um, (laughs) Uh, but, um, no, um, by the time people listen to this, the, the fundraiser that I put on, um, uh, Facebook will be over, but there'll be a link to the orphan kitten club, which is a nonprofit organization. Um, I'll put that in the show notes. So if people want to check it out, please do. That is awesome. That is a very good cause. I was actually very glad to help to contribute towards it. Thank you for that. It is, it was for a great cause and it also helped you out. So it's always best way to do it so it's pretty cool all right my shout out real quick uh was going to be alex trebek but you know it's always good but i'm gonna actually go promote a tv show that judy and i just got done watching on netflix we just got done watching the queen's gambit which was an amazing show and it's only seven episodes the show basically is a fictional story about a young girl who is obsessed with becomes obsessed with chess and becomes a world master of it kind of like almost taking a bobby fisher type story and you know taking it from a female point of view and was really well done and very flowed very nicely there was no down points and it, the story worked really really well and it's an easy watch we watched it over the weekend and it was really great it was a really really great time so i just wanted to promote that one and you know we want you to join us next week you know as we like to say come on you know it's not not too hard to ask next week darren is going to be joining us once again and we are going to be looking at the movie sunset boulevard that's right it's going to be a lot of fun to check out 
that movie i've actually not ever seen it so it's gonna be a lot of fun ah, to ah, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting one for sure if darren gave it to us it has to be somewhat interesting so i'm gonna be very curious to see where that one goes so it should be interesting Thanks for listening to the Air Station One podcast. We are powered by NSC. You can find them at www.nsclivetv.com. Remember, you can find Air Station One wherever fine podcasts are found, including now on Amazon Music. Please subscribe and tell all your friends about us. Yes, we aren't too proud to, you know, beg and plead for people to, you know, listen to us. On behalf of myself, Mike Faber, Mike Gordon, the birthday boy, Alex Autry, Ashley Pauls, Michelle Borg, Ricky and Bambi. Thank you again for listening. We will see you here next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Stay safe, hug your loved ones, and peace, folks. We'll see you then. Bye. And we're done. Boom. You've been listening to the Earth Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Earth Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our Tee Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.